Leadership is applicable in the workplace, but as briefly mentioned, it's also applicable in politics, for example. So this brings up the question, do we need leaders? In a capitalistic system, that sounds obvious. You need to have a CEO who has this macro idea and then someone who's slightly more specialized and more specialized and so forth. But is it possible that we could have a political state that doesn't have a leader in any large way or maybe it's run by an oligarchy of sorts multiple leaders you could look at monks in certain places today that live in communist societies they're thriving but any communist society we've seen in the macro scale has been an absolute failure what do you think is a potential outcome there do you think we really need a leader to lead a group of people? And does every group of people, more precisely, need a leader? Right, yes. My answer to that outright is yes. There needs to be a leader for every group. And that is because uh, evidence of what happens when you don't have a leader is the current political and social environment of the modern United States, in my humble opinion. Um... The divisiveness, the inability for either side, I'm going to say there are two sides. Obviously, there's many, many facets to all the problems that people are trying to solve right now, but it seems like there's only two sides. And right now, those two sides can't communicate to each other. And to me, that is due to a lack of a common person. And that common person has to be the leader in this case, the person to understand each person's problems and each person's interests and motivations because what it seems like is happening to me is that one side looks at the other and warps the this, this side's argument into something that it no longer is and because of all of the technology we have and because of the ease of access of half-truths and blanket statements made by powerful figures that we would often see in history as believable and trustworthy, uh, it's now a whole mess because the arguments are being warped into falsehoods, in, into extremes that aren't necessarily true anymore. And I think that people are believing it because what other choice do you have when it, it's so easily accessible and it's what everyone says is true? So... I think it needs to be someone to actually understand the arguments of both sides at their best before we can reach any sort of conclusion. And that really comes down to finding the right leaders. And I do not think that either party, if we're looking at the two-party system right now, has the appropriate leadership for that. And you'd catch me rolling on the floor laughing if you suggest to me that pop figures and actors are reliable sources of information regarding political issues. They're certainly opinions, I will give them that, but uh, 
this goes back to a conversation we've had perhaps on another episode, but I know we've had in person about idolizing and looking at people as, as, you know, almost deities. And that's that despite what holes in whatever arguments they may be throwing at you, despite what holes may be there, you will believe them. So it's it's a multifaceted problem, but leadership is the answer, in my humble opinion. Um, a certain amount of people who can look at and lead each group and help understand each other. Um, maybe not one single person. I don't know if that's even possible anymore in the current technological era. Uh, one person will say something, and the danger is if they've done anything remotely, morally, ambiguous in their life they will be called out you you can't get away from anything anymore and there's no person who will live a perfect life so you can no longer get your shit together so to speak and then one day come out and people will see the best sides of you people will see all sides of you at all times and so it's i think it's especially difficult in today's era because there is no longer that veil that shrouded someone's past that allows them to come forward and look only as good as how they want people to see them. So, <laughs> to put it simply, yes, there, there needs to be leaders today. I think there's a fatal lack of leadership in America today on many fronts. I agree that leadership is immensely effective. And to say, look at communism and history is something of a straw man because they had leaders. So it's it's not a fair representation of pure communist, uh, communism. I understand that. But you can see time and time again how effective leaders are at allowing people to have a common goal. Look at Steve Jobs. Him coming back to Apple and... I believe he started with the G3 Macintosh computer and then obviously moved forward in 2007. It may have been with the first iPhone and people shared his vision to always innovate. That wasn't partisan. It was just people who knew about tech pretty much supported Steve Jobs. They didn't like that he didn't give quite as much as Tim Cook does to charity maybe. And he was a little bit of an asshole behind the scenes. But otherwise, people could share a common goal surrounding this person, or at least this person's vision. And this is a common phenomenon in wartime, for example. You rally around the president. It might even be called the rally around effect. You saw it with Bush after 9-11. This same scenario happens. Approval ratings go through the roof. When you have a shared enemy, it also leads to a shared unifying front. Well, right now... Everyone is enemies with everyone, which simultaneously means we can't unify around anything. But I claim, counterintuitively, means we could all unify around the nonsense that is our divisiveness today. It would take an extremely effective, thoughtful, powerful, charismatic leader to do this. But I think it's possible, because people... Homo sapiens generally are phenomenal followers. We are so good at taking orders. Government tells us to do something. As long as we generally like the government, 
okay, we'll do what they say, because we, we have this shared understanding of the common good. If there's a wartime, bet your ass I'm going to get drafted and I'm going to go, you know, right away, pack my bag, no problem. So people are great followers. They really are. But they only follow people, back to my earlier point, that have earned their respect. They don't follow managers. They might listen to managers every now and then, but they only follow leaders. So that's really the issue I see today. And it sounds like you also see today. Not that we don't have people saying, oh, I want to be the leader of this party or that, but rather that they're not earning their following. Their following is is forced. It's contrived. It's, I'm a Democrat, so I'm going to follow Joe Biden. Or I'm a Republican, and I'm going to follow Trump. Or I watch this news source, so I'm going to follow whoever they say. Or I believe in pro-choice or pro-life or this or that. It's one-party politics leading to a contrived sense of leadership in combination with a political system that is also driven by money, PACs and super PACs. So rather than having people who we respect and have earned our respect, we only see people who have earned our attention. It's an attention-driven market through social media and Leadership today has taken that exact same approach, unfortunately. But I'm hopeful that through better regulation and a unifying front, which again, if couched properly, I firmly believe we already have. We already have the unifying front that some people on the right think the left is bonkers and the people on the left think the right is bonkers. But the large majority of us are actually pretty much centrist. We already have this. The majority of people actually aren't Democrat or Republican. They're not partisan. People don't realize this. We have a unifying goal, but no one seems to be able to catalyze this spark inside of us that unifies us. So I firmly agree that through effective leadership, we could solve our political problems, not indefinitely, not perfectly, but we could at least unify. And we wouldn't need any Super Bowl ads that come across as appeals to the right to become more liberal. That doesn't help anyone. (laughs) And I'm liberal saying that. I consider myself generally liberal, and it still isn't helping. And we also wouldn't need identity politics and patronizing minorities into quote-unquote equality. That's not going to make you equal, you know. So we really do have a path forward but we just need to all agree on the groundwork. And I claim that only through effective leadership that can be achieved. One thing that was interesting of note in my class was we talked about uh, probably one of the biggest things that is a problem right now is that people assume that informing and telling will lead to doing, but that is not the case. And a bunch of research that my professor, and not only my professor, but plenty of research institutions and and other very intelligent people have done, is find out that just because you tell someone, oh, don't be this, oh, don't do this to those people, they won't listen to you if that's all you're doing. 
one of the most important things for people to actually follow through with what you tell them to do is if they respect you and they feel like you understand them. And I will tell you right now, as much as I love my mom, I feel like, you know, if I were to say, Mom, don't be racist, you know, it, that might not get through to her. Because as much as it's coming from a, a place grounded in care and love for other people, to her it just sounds like I'm lecturing her, right? I, I, I'd really have to understand where my mom's coming from, why she believes the way she is, and not necessarily agree with her, but at least be able to work with her on breaking down that understanding very slowly and carefully. And it's like, Kaylin, that's a lot of work for one person, right? When there could be potentially hundreds of thousands of racists. And that's true, but I think that one thing we have to realize is that nothing else has been working as well right? I mean, this divisiveness and this finger-pointing game that we've been playing clearly isn't producing the best results. Perhaps it's producing results, but I'd argue it's not the results that were intended, right? I think that people are becoming more cutthroat in their, uh, in their, um, perhaps not cutthroat, but more quick to assume when looking at people of the other side. So, you know, this goes back to what I said earlier, but it's really understanding both sides. I, I think it's hard for anyone to convince me, and it's even hard for me to say myself that I understand both sides. I clearly don't, but uh, part, of, part of this experience is the path there. So, I do think what we are lacking now is someone to say, look, I understand what's happening right now. This is pissing off people on both sides of the aisle, right? And someone who could easily make jokes about both sides that aren't too contrived and grounded, uh, and also grounded on something that is relatable, true, and, and, and not exclusive. You know, I, I think a sense of humor goes a long way sometimes. And humor is something that I feel like is suffering a lot today. Uh, it's hard to be funny about certain things without people saying, oh, you can't say that. that that's not appropriate. It's like, well, who who's the judge of that, right? Uh, flash backwards a hundred years and you could have made jokes about different things. And that would have been perfectly fine. Flash forward a hundred years and you could probably be making jokes about a plethora of things that are seen today as... Oh, you can't talk about that, or that's sensitive, or how insensitive of you. So I, I feel like charisma plays a huge part of it, of an effective leader today. And I think I'd be silly to deny that. I think a lot of people try to say that you can be a great leader without charisma, but I, I do believe you need charisma, because it's charisma is really the one word we're using to describe that understanding, honestly. And hopefully it's it's... It's um, there were a couple of terms I described in my t class. Unfortunately, I forgot them. But it's uh, it's honestly a transparency. It's being honest with your understanding. It's not doing it so you can get things out of people. It's being honest in your understanding for the sake of that, right? Which is a virtue in and of itself. But there's a reason why research scientists, for example, are not president of the United States. It's people who are 
purely emotionally intelligent. And also they understand policy and things like this, generally. I don't know how much policy Trump knew before coming to office. But he knew how to get people riled up. He knew how to draw supporters. He knew how to market himself very well. There's a reason these are the people who win elections or become CEO. Even CEOs, there's a lot more politics to being a CEO than people realize, than I realize, certainly. Who is sitting in front of Congress during a hearing on unfair business practices? A figurehead. Who's that figurehead? A CEO. Who's running things behind the scenes while they're there? Probably the COO, most likely. Your operating officer. So in a similar vein, you have to be emotionally intelligent. You have to be effective with people. Because as you alluded to with with your mother, empathy is the only way to convince people of your perspective. At least one of the only ways. I have never had an experience where I could just belittle someone into believing what I think because I thought their argument was stupid. It's not going to change their mind. Doesn't work that way. And the flip side, no one's ever belittled me into thinking they were right. You might agree with them because of some kind of social pressure on the surface, but you're not going to actually internally think they're correct. So it it leads us to a point where you need to be charismatic, as you said, or empathetic, as, as I say. Because if you're not, it doesn't matter how good your policy is. You could be the world's greatest economist, but if you can't get... 50% of the vote, you're never going to win an election. Obvious more, obviously, it's more complicated with the funding of politicians we have today, and that, that puts a wrench in it for, uh, for sure. But it really is a fact of the matter today. I don't think you could just be the smartest person and become a leader because you have earned respect for being an expert but have you earned that referent respect as as my classes would call it this inherent i'm gonna follow you because i trust you or i believe you or you make me feel good or you tell me things that i need to hear and want to hear because that's the kind of following you need and if you can combine that with good moral ethical goals like unifying a country and expertise, then you have the best leader you could have. But if the system isn't set up to be effectively producing this kind of person, then we have a long road ahead of us. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned the system because the the system does end up cultivating the type of people um, that seek... Uh, let, let me put it this way. People cultivate themselves so they can best abuse the system, really. I mean, it makes sense, right? Success is often correlated with how well off you are and how many likes you have and how much wealth you've accumulated. Um, it, it often is. And the system we have is one that people will find abusing, and it's a system that allows this abuse, at least the one we have today. And so, obviously, the type of people that are cultivated are not going to do it for, at least if the, if these people do exist, they are few and far between. And 
of the ones that I can think of in my head, their agendas are different than unifying the United States politically and socially. So I guess the, the journey now is one that is really trickling down to finding the person or people, group of people, who can speak to all fronts, because that's what we need. And in the civil rights movement, one of a big cohesive factor for Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was religion. The Christianity in the Bible was something that he could use to relate to all facets of people, right? Whether you're black or white, regardless of where the roots of Christianity came from, you both uh, revered it. And so... Um, I believe you're onto something when you say that the amount of divisiveness we have today could be used similarly to how uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. used religion as a pretext or a pretense towards uniting people. So I believe that's really what it boils down to. I, I absolutely agree. And like you said, the people you're looking for may be few and far between. The the person who wants to be a billionaire for the sake of altruism might not be commonplace. This idea that I'm going to beat the capitalist system so I can give away all my money the next day. That's not something you really hear about. Of course, there's exceptions. But on the, on the whole, that's not always a motivating factor. But if you can find these people and hope that they're charismatic and hope that they're intelligent, and hope that they have some kind of funding source or marketable skill or something that can get them exposure. With this hope, there is a path forward. And as I said, and as you also corroborated, we probably can unify around the fact that we're so divided, however counterintuitive that may sound. I am convinced that through effective and ironically simple expression of our shared pissed-offness at one another, we can realize, ah, we're all kind of the same. We're all just pissed at each other because we're upset with politics, the economy's not what we want, some things are changing too fast, and some things are changing too slow. Okay, great, we all kind of agree. Congratulations, let's move forward. But overcome over complicating everything i don't think will ever be the solution to make a music parallel my favorite uh, pianist right now is ludovico ianati uh, if i mispronounce your name forgive me and i love his writing because think of his song white clouds nuvole bianche my favorite song of all time it's criticized for its simplicity but in that simplicity, you can use it as a canvas to paint your own story. If we can unify a country under simple guiding principles and then sprinkle in a dash of individualism and let everyone express their own story under unified grounds, we have a fruitful, successful democracy. But I have a sneaking suspicion that only a leader of some kind could bring forth this society.